Hello, hello. Welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins and Michelle is here. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing from Veronica. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We're going to be talking today about the book that she published. It's a no little book. I just want you to know it's a serious beefy book full of information. And uh, I'm very honored to host Veronica in the House of Free Will. So we've been getting to know her. She did a workshop there where there's a recording. So anyone that would join the House of Free Will is going to uh, get access to her workshop. And while we're waiting for her, she's just going to be a few minutes. I want to let you know that this Friday tomorrow is a workshop in the House of Free Will with Sherry Rothwell. Um, by the way, I'm going to get Rockfin going here so that that works. And I did share a Rockfin link in the chat if anybody prefers to jump over there. Hello to Rockfin. And we're also live on Facebook. So I uh, just want to make sure that you know about Sherry Rothwell's workshop. Filling Tunnel Bear is here, <laughs> is tomorrow. And it's going to be on another anatomy. Today, we're talking about the subtle anatomy with Veronica. And tomorrow, it's going to be the anatomy of digestion. And where we might have been misled in our education around that, especially compartmentalization. And the subject is always wholeness, as far as I'm concerned, the, the underlying subject. And I see Veronica is here. You can just give me a thumbs up whenever you feel ready. No rush at all. We just have seen a few people come in the chat. Come and say hello. Feel free to share your uh, any questions that you might have on this subject. And it looks like Veronica is ready. So here she comes. Hello, welcome, Veronica. Thank you, Beth. How are so nice you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Nice to have you here. Where are you coming from again? I I'm uh, I'm Swedish, but yeah. I'm living in Ireland. Right. Okay. Then, yeah, my yeah. memory was good on that. That's what I thought. And then I, I kept hearing your voice and knowing that it wasn't Irish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I hadn't oh. quite. Uh, and quite nailed it. Yeah. So forgive me. Yeah. I asked that over and over again. And yeah, no uh, just say hello to RMASB. Nice to see you. Uh, uh, Thunder Chicken is here with his uh, green hearts, which I love. I often use the three green heart moniker as well. And Anastasia, welcome. Another House of Free. Got some House of Free. Well, members here. So oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today we're, like I said, we're going to talk about your book, The Remembrance. What a gorgeous name, by the way. Like it's, it's, it's all about remembering this path, because if you don't remember to say, use the tools that you have or the knowledge that's there to be had, then it's like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I know, I, yeah, I know I work with people all day long that they can't believe how they got blindsided by an internal experience that they couldn't mm. sort out. And, you know, the tendency is to either avoid all of that subtle experience or to get stuck in it. Yeah. So a lot I, of traps there. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I think the, the name and the, the sense of remembrance really comes from, like, especially at this point in time where there's so like people talk about the, the awakening right um but, but um but i feel like especially at this point in time there's so much uh external information that we we get into our heads we try and figure things out we chase things try and grasp for anything that will make us feel better 
but the remembrance just brings about that that it's like we, we already know it yeah exactly yeah the truth is hardwired god installed yeah. that stuff <laughs> yeah, so yeah yeah we don't have to find it and in in my world it's all a matter of letting go of everything that's not the truth so yeah. you can just see it for what it is um, and so for anybody that's not familiar already with you and your work, I'll just say a little bit from your bio here that uh, she's an ex-advanced subtle body yoga teacher. So we talked about that a little bit. I'm also a, an ex-yoga teacher, by the way, spent, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, I went to India eight times. I was very into the uh, subtle body anatomy. We didn't call it that, but that's a perfect name for it. Uh, she's a practical alchemist, a natural medicine woman, and the work that she does facilitates knowing ourselves as the perfect creation in God's image and uh, the innate intelligence and the magnificent love and the aliveness that's really there. Veronica works through words and the principles of the laws of creation, natural law, uh, and, and the presence in living things to facilitate uh, a nervous system healing. And this is what we need right now, right? The nervous system is under constant attack I'm extremely aware of it now, having been through what I went through. Uh, you know, I could take a lot more uh, nervous upset before, but all of a sudden my body was in a place where every little uh, stress and insult to my nervous system was felt at a, at a much deeper level. So that's when you mm -hmm. sent me your book and it was the perfect timing mm -hmm. to re-familiarize myself with, with this work. And uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say about uh, yourself before we start talking? No, about I, I'm, I'm quite happy to get into the, to our subject. Okay, very good. Yeah. I'll just say hello to uh, Lisa's in the chat and Julie, welcome. Glad to have you here. By the way, there is a link to the um, book that we're talking about today. So I'm going to share this one in the chat and that way it, you can click on it and uh, get this book. Is it, by the way, available to North Americans if they order it? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I, I'm not, uh, there's no postage, so it's just a flat, flat rate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, someone was literally just asking me. They had tried to buy your book a while back and, and uh, wanted yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nervous system uh, means so much. RMA is saying uh, you're on Irene license nervous system program, mm. taking it presently. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Such a worthy subject. So, where would you like to begin talking about your work? It's a big subject, and it, it's um, it's a beautiful synchronicity in that, like I I wrote this book because I wanted to put all the subtle body knowledge in a book format and um, so that I could have people read the book so that I didn't have to teach all of that because I, I, I like going deep. So when I get together with, with the groups that I'm working with, it's um, where it used to be like working almost in a yoga class type format now <clears throat> it's almost like we, we sit together and listen so it's funny that it's coming around again that it's uh, that the subtle body is coming around again because it's I 
I'm recognizing like again and again and again, if I lose myself that I need to come back to my body, right? So even though this is, we call it like subtle body anatomy, but it's really like, it includes the physical body. We can't exclude the physical body um, because everything is energy and vibration, right? So um, yeah, like I could, start anywhere but i think if you have any pointers there would you where you'd like to go that would be appreciated yeah well let's start with that exact point i think it's very big about uh how we become disembodied you know i was diagnosed with a stage four lymphoma after a decade of practicing yoga and breath techniques and you know all of this subject learning all of this and then what I ended up doing mistakenly, and I, I'm not even telling, saying that anybody told me to do this or that it's inherently inside this work, it's what I did with it, was to get up and out of my body. Mm. I literally abandoned my body and I wasn't experiencing it anymore. And that's how I could get so dramatically ill. Yeah. That it, it took the, I mean, I knew things weren't right, but I, I was just not there to report yeah. it. So if you want to talk about that process of coming back and, and that's to me, you know, a huge part of surviving that was turning the tables and, and coming back into my yeah, flesh yeah. and my bones. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the journey for me went like, well, I was very flighty when I was young and there was a lot of unprocessed pain from my teenage years and uh, the, starting to practice and using my body and feeling into my body through the yoga practice was really my savior at that point because I connected with like I, I call the <clears throat> our, our biology is I call it uh, nature's laws as they're written by God that that's what my body is teaching me right it, it tells me if I'm spending too much energy or if I'm um if I need to pay attention to something. And so because I had scoliosis since birth, I, my body just, I, I needed to start tending to my body. Um, but then through all the yoga practice and the sort of spiritual, it's almost like developing a spiritual identity. So I, I recognized that even though like the physical body was okay, the emotional body was not okay. So then I went off and sort of did other things to tend to the emotional layers. Um, and then at some point when I was doing a lot of <laughs> fasting and cleansing and I was going raw vegan and I was like, oh, high vibration. At that point, I was like, I feel like I'm not really participating in the world anymore so I was like I'm gonna retox as an experiment and uh, just see what happens if I kind of leave all the spiritual uh, spiritual ideology aside for a moment and so I went to um, it happened through a lot of divinely uh, inspired events like I couldn't have gotten myself there but I ended up uh, opening a restaurant in California with uh, a business partner and nice. that was just like working 
80 hours a week for for a long time and I really was like I'm not going to apply any of the spiritual principles to this I'm just gonna do this by my own will but at the same time um there was a lot of spirituality there and it was very much a prayer to um to see where it would take me <clears throat> and as a result of this um the restaurant work and the involvement with my business partner i got really really sick and um that's where I ended up like with multiple organ failures and just had to have open about like emergency open abdominal surgery. I hadn't, wasn't able to eat for three and a half months. And like after the surgery, I was like, I don't know how it translates to your measurements, but like I weighed 44 kilos after the surgery. Like I was just skin and bone and it was really like, just pure pain like I did not see the light <laughs> mm. it was just pure pain and the only thing that would comfort me was my mother stroking my bare back and I just cried and cried and cried and it was very humbling very very humbling because my body had always been my <clears throat> like it had always been like strong I was able to do amazing things and work or do all these things so it was really like a time of okay I need to take stock of how things are going in my life so I think because it was the it was the liver and the small intestine and the large intestine and the appendix like I just had to have a big chunk taken out and so the nervous system really became my my guide then also because obviously my adrenals and my kidney energy was completely like below zero so as I was kind of building myself back up again I just had to pay attention like it became so clear how the results that occurred as a result um from how I was using my energy. So it was kind of from that point that it that I decided I really have to only do things that don't uh, leak energy. Nice. I love that. I came to the exact conclusion as I was recovering from cancer and it was sort of behind me, but my life was gone, right? Mm. And I knew I couldn't go back to the life, exactly what you're saying. I couldn't go back to the life that was, you know, in discord with so much of the truth that I understood. And the the environment itself was so unhealthy. <clears throat> I vowed to myself I was never going to work in an environment that forced me to be under, you know, physically, emotionally, all kinds of unhealthy circumstances. And, and mm. that's what made me determined. Like, I'm, I don't know what I'm uh, exactly going to do with this knowledge that I have, but I know I'm not going back into the corporate world mm. for, for that. And, uh, and it, you know, not everybody can go through that firewall, but sometimes you have, from what you're saying, you have just like such intense motivation. You've been, you've been in those low places, you know, what that created 
Um, and I was just going to yeah. say another thing. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to respond to that? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say there was there was a, a point where the embodiment came to a level where I was able to see, and and that, that's spiritual lingo. What I mean is like I literally had my awareness in my body more so, and there were a lot of stages that of that. At first, there was a lot of pain, not because my body was in pain, but it's I, I likened it to how in India, there's a practice of massaging infants to massage the sensitivity out of them because they're hypersensitive with their nervous system and every part of them is like, mm-hmm. you know, the light, the sound, the heat, the cold, the everything. And yeah. I really I went through that where like, oh, embodiment, it's that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> just didn't plus plus the weaponization of that system against us, how it's always being polluted and programmed and attacked and, you know, given all kinds of uh, fake things. But the conclusion on the other side is that my body is in a love affair with my soul. We're not in an adversarial relationship. And I think I read almost those exact words in your, in your mm. book, I underlined them somewhere that I couldn't, uh, probably find it quick, but do you want to talk about that? The relationship of the body to the energy behind it? Yeah. I like the, the thing that I realized as I was coming back to life was because my battery was so empty. I was, I was literally unable to feel anything else than pain. <clears throat> and it was like a complete eradication of identity. Like there was, I think, especially like when we understand that the gut is the second brain. And if we've been under a lot of adrenal stress, like the vagus nerve doesn't work. So like my brain wasn't working for several months, but my awareness was very much there. And um the thing that dawned on me, whereas before I had chased like oh, enlightenment or feeling great or ascension, like any of these things, it was like I just prayed to God. I just prayed, let me be well enough to just be outside and enjoy feeling the air on my skin to just be able to appreciate the colors of the leaves of the trees. Like it just became like such my appreciation for what my body was able to gift me just with no fanfare or no um, like presenting myself as anything other than what I am. It's this like when I work a lot in nature now because nature is just like a tree doesn't judge you because <laughs> a, a, a tree knows who, who who it is right so it doesn't it has no need to judge anybody else that encounters it so it was it really shifted the focus for me from. Um, like trying to get away from the body to just really wanting to feel my body and be in my body and be able to participate and enjoy life through my body through as God created me. 
Yeah. So it, yeah, that, that's how humble the, the journey, a, a journey like that makes you. And, and it's amazing because there's all kinds of things in life that when you have basically good health, it's so easy to take for granted your ability to walk outside in nature and feel the light in the air on your skin. And, um, but as soon as that's like, oh my gosh, I might even lose that. And I, I want to talk about identity too, because that, that is, that is a very big part of that, but, mm -hmm. but that, um, you, you start appreciating small things. I, I remember sitting there for literally hours watching flowers grow. And there was, there was one, cause I, I was uh, very fortunate to live at my parents and they had a, a, gar a garden full of like thousands of flowers. It was insane. And, and there were times where like, I, I learned to listen to those sing, those flowers sing. People don't think flowers sing, but they mm. do. They're like, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're, right? They're doing that. And, yeah. and if, you, if you don't get down to that practically zero point, sometimes there's just not the opportunity to tune in at that level. You know, um, yeah. I, I, I think that's the, the, the travesty of narratives about enlightenment or ascension is that the idea that we should get to or be somewhere else or ascend or um, ascend our physical bodies mm -hmm. and now I'm like my body is the greatest gift I could ever have been given because it allows me to appreciate the, the beauty of creation so it, it's like it just, even if I use like the, the practices that I use, I work a lot with the breath, uh, not so much like controlled pranayama, but a different kind of breath that just fans the flame, I, I call it. It's like we fan the flame of, of our life force with the breath and oxygenate the body, um, which kind of allows us to go beyond the, the conditioning and the programs that usually are held in how our body is breathing, right? Um, <clears throat> but uh, and in the in the practices that I work with, I would work more with like stances or leg work that come from Qigong, because that it's a very intelligent practice of just understanding how the meridians work and how the the vayus work, as they're called in yoga, the apana and the prana and samana, or part the of such a body. Yeah. And the, the um, wind. Huh? Vayu means wind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> and, oh, no, um, I'm just showing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you don't mind, let's talk about identity, mm. which is a big subject in, in the work that I do. And we're encouraged in the world to have identity. And, you know, when you start talking, you say the, the public versus the private, you don't need a lot of identity layers in the private, not as not nearly as much just to go about daily life and raise children, although there might be, you know, some really locked in identities there as well. But the public demands of us, you know, like, who are you? What do you do? What's, how can I identify you? And 
and you know, one of the things that for me, identity exists in a realm that I'll call pride, like on the scale of emotion that I teach. I don't know if you caught my interview with uh, Michelle mm -hmm. and and Amazing. Kyle, but uh, yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah, oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you caught that. And um, and then so that pride being so hidden from us is the place where we wear the persona and and have to emanate a certain kind of like I'm this person and I'm that person and and can't risk uh, being authentically ourself, which actually has no identity, right? I've uh, experimented with this a lot, where you know just letting go of everything that I think I am. And knowing that I could let everything go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 There's so many, so many things there. The... Like, I, I just want to say, because I, I know that you, you shared the, your book journey when when I joined the House of Free Will, which I have to say, like, it's such a gift to, it's such a privilege to be part of the work that you do. And your book is really such a gift. I, yeah, if anybody hasn't read it, read it. Um, but and but I, I was aware of uh, the archetype work through Caroline Miss also uh, from back in the day. And I think the, in the spirituality realm, it's because the ego gets such a bad rap. It's like that's it's the same dichotomy again. It's like just beat parts of yourself up or say that they're bad and try and get beyond it and pretend it's not there. And then who's pretending it's not there? It's the ego, right? So, so yeah, I think it's a much more intelligent way to begin to examine the dynamic to just simply notice that it's the personality right but it really so in in my work I would locate the personality or the identity in uh, the solar plexus and the also in what I call or what is called manomaya kosha which is the mental emotional state, right? Where thoughts interact with emotions and emotions produces thoughts. So this is where a lot of the conditioning from when our sense of self begins to develop at whatever is like between at around two years of age, when we become aware of ourselves as a separate being that has to interact with their environment and others, right? So <clears throat> I think if we try and get beyond the identity or the personality, that there's the risk of um, missing the gold that's in our nervous system and in the programming, because it, it's like in this, in Manomaya Kosha and in the um, third chakra, like the, the third chakra, the element is fire, yeah, which also relates to the soul, right? Or the Christ light within where it's born, uh, like our individual experience. 
of creation of creation but the this mm, the energy state is plasma right so this is where neuroplasticity comes in and this is where who we believe that we are as a, as a product of emotions, pleasant and unpleasant, from when we're very little, gets they get wired, right? In, in the plasticity of the nervous system. And then we make unconscious decisions as to it's not even decisions, it's more like it's the survival um, programming of how it's, it's like recorded in the body and in the nervous system, how I need to respond and present myself in the face of danger, right? And then we paint the layer of pride on top of that to keep ourselves safe. Right, that that's kind of how. Um, yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah, it's fun. It's always fun for me to see how you can come to the same conclusions. Like truth is truth, and mm. it doesn't matter what system you've approached it from. That you're gonna have yeah. the same findings, and and that's exactly it. That that uh, the survival programming that people are not aware of. It's it's completely unconscious. They don't know that they're being driven by that. And then the programming over a lifetime gets built up and fortified. Yeah. And like you're, you're talking about those layers of different parts of ourself and then the identity to secure it all in place. And until you actually see it for what it is, and instead of running from or, you know, letting it instruct you. So you, you're running away from death all day, which is unfortunately what most people are doing. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. To know, it's hard to know that until yeah. you see it for yourself. So yeah. I don't even often talk like that, but, mm. but that it, it's until you see, feel and make a new decision, then that uh, plasma, which I love that you're using that word because I've had now my direct experiences. I could have heard that and agreed with it but now i now i'm totally well not totally but often aware of the plasma nature of programs especially when they're moving you know they mm. go from being stuck to moving then they mm. it's like the lunar wave the way that things can move out in a very uh kind of water water way mm. and um and then and then you see the neuroplasticity just kind of taking notes as you're talking because it's not set in stone like it tells you it is. It's going to yeah. say in identity, this is you. You know, people argue for that. Oh, you need that fear or you won't survive even. But you get to the other side of that and, and, and there's a freedom experience. And guess what? You can, that, that's exactly why I was dying of cancer because I was running from death. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And- yeah, it's um, you. Men, you mentioned that uh, you used the words. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you mentioned the word decision. That it's. Um, I, I was having a conversation with one of my great 
friends on the path where I, I've done a lot of um, trauma release with her. So I, I trust her with my life. And uh, it, it's that space where you just let the body release what needs to be, be released regardless of what that looks and sounds like and it doesn't it's not something that you can make happen unless it's ready to happen um, and in our conversation we kind of observe that just because we've located the identity we've located the conditioning we've located the survival programs that bring us back again and again to just having to be honest with ourselves it's like just because we've seen them doesn't mean that they're gone either and i think that's the sneaky part of the identity it's like it is so like it happened so many times in my whatever almost 20 years of like spiritual work and emotional work and yoga work and meditation like everything it's like oh i've had this experience and then the, it clicks in immediately the the pride or and the survival or the spiritual superiority it's like oh i've had this experience so now i'm it's like and then i'm like there i am off again it's like wh where am i and then my body thankfully um or i don't know thankfully but like half of my chart is ruled by Saturn. So my body is just like, my body doesn't let me get away with anything. So if I'm, and I feel like that, yeah, that, that's like the yeah. gift of the scoliosis as well. Because if I'm out of balance, my body will just bring me, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, aren't we all? Or we couldn't have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like you, you were saying just about that decision, because you can see, and there's a certain goodness in seeing. It, like all of a sudden, it's not in the dark anymore. It's not a, a shadow. Like, I, don't, I didn't even use the word shadow very much uh, anymore, because it mystifies something that's so simple that you just didn't see it. And then you have to see it, and you have to feel it, but that's not getting to the other side of it. That's not actually going through and it, it is exactly I had this conversation with somebody uh, not too long ago this morning about the decision where you draw the line in the in the sand and the way that I, I frame it in this work it's a decision for freedom mm. that I'm going to do whatever it takes to be free knowing that is my natural state what God has given and then I'm going to go into and through the storm that I'm sensing yeah. rather than retreat from it, which always results in that disembodiment and the unconscious choice not to mm. be free. Because mm. I, I think the, that's the, the beauty of working with other people or being witnessed when we go through the storm. Because I, I think the to actually have somebody, uh, and I know that that helps me a lot, I, I, kind of learn to do a lot of that work on my own but there's like when there are blind spots coming up it's like I, I need the witness to actually <clears throat> like I think it's when I was doing a lot of work from the running from the pain it's like I'd go 
into as much as I needed to to give my to almost like give myself the illusion that I was doing the deeper work. It's like I made myself believe that I had gone as deep as I could, but actually, yeah, I, I obviously choose like teachers and modalities that were reflecting back to me exactly as far as I was willing to go. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think we're, like we always choose the teachers and the modalities that hold us where we need to be or where we are at that point in time. Um, with the, I, I think the, like framing it, that I, I find that a lot of deep work and the deep, like deep release work happens in the um, making the choice to be here, regardless of what programs are running so uh, i think like we uh, and we can't begin to make a choice that actually empowers us unless we see what we're choosing and what we're not choosing so like i find a lot of the time like if i'm working with people there can be a lot of stuff flying around in their fields in the plasma right a lot of content i call it um emotional or mental or like parts of the identity that yeah the like what like the shameful parts or the painful parts it's like that they're in the field but then when somebody makes the choice to love themselves enough to not like beat themselves up or judge the fact that that is part of the experience it's like you don't need to go anywhere else than when, when you know who the choice lays with to remain here re regardless right so the storm can happen yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that was huge for me at one point ha having got through in in that case i was about uh, 30 31 years old and I had never consciously chosen life. Mm. No one ever, ever told me I needed to do that. <laughs> and then I'm a dark Scorpio. So you know, the, the, the death is always there as a, mm -hmm. a sort of a more, you know, natural choice that I probably, that's not probably a good way to use the word, but um, yeah, doors lead to more doors that, that, that uh, can be also be very true. I, I want to highlight one, one thing that you said just about the witness <clears throat> and this is a big part of my work that I'm training coaches and it is, it is one of their primary functions to witness. It's not the mm -hmm. only one because uh, you can be seen and still not get the help that you need. Mm -hmm. It's tricky because you're dealing in the unconscious, what's hidden. And so there's a lot of uh, very bad use of that. I think uh, RMA, you were saying how practitioners are, uh, you know, still in the system, they might have good outer intentions, but on the inside, they're really trying to like change and control you and stuff like that. I end up avoiding healers like the plague. I don't, I don't, I've had so many people interfere with me and yeah. I have to go heal from what they did to me, but still at the heart of it, 
that that witness will bring up much because you're literally having more consciousness on something. Yeah. And I, I believe it's by design that God, I would always say like you can do a mediocre life on your own, but if you want to do anything great, you're going to need a whole bunch of people, not to push around your stuff, but to reflect back to you who you are. Yeah. That is the King hero's journey because the King can mm -hmm. easily be, um, lured by power and control and all of those kind of things. But if they're truly at the, in that benevolent place and, and they want to continue to evolve and grow and heal themselves, then all of the feedback that they get from their kingdom is going to continue to inform that. Um, one other thing I wanted to say is that I was a big fan of this word in Sanskrit, sanyam. And if, are you familiar? I don't with know it because oh, I, okay. I I didn't I didn't study a lot of the philosophy. Like all of my knowledge came from what I was, what came from within, really. Right, yeah. right, What's right. So this word? is, this, yeah. So I just glommed onto it. Sanyam, it is the the meaning. Now it gets uh, translated as restraint, so it's very very badly understood, and I was able to, I did a video recently about Sanyam and um, I discerned that restraint is the result of Sanyam, not the practice of Sanyam. So everyone's busy, like trying to, you know, um, mm -hmm. restrain their thoughts, restrain their emotions, restrain their bodies, messages to them. And, you know, all of this tight. Uh, I'm not angry. Yeah, I'm not angry. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I just, yeah, just uh, my liver is about to die, but I'm not angry. <laughs> exactly. And and then so the when when you're a witness with very concentrated attention, which is is another big association with Sun Yum, that you mm -hmm. you gain the ability to concentrate and focus, and not go in every distracted direction, diluting your your witness power. So that ability yeah. to focus itself is very. Uh, powerful for the other person when you see them and they see and feel then much greater uh, releases can happen much greater awareness of yeah. it's harder to do for yourself you still have to do it for yourself yeah, because you know, that's yeah that's the third chakra right like where we mm -hmm. where we have to be that individual and and walk this path and this is my body to take care of but it's still priceless when someone comes in with with strong focused attention and uh and and that witness then you know i know it because i'm almost always the last person to get coached and everybody's getting coaching and then now i'm training coaches that qualify uh, this is going to sound so arrogant but qualify I, I trust to work with me in a clean yeah. way and uh yeah it's 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 amazing what we can do for each other that's how why relationships are so important because if we don't have them we don't see ourselves. We're, you know, you you don't you don't really know who you are in that no. respect or what what you need to heal of. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's I, I really believe that if like that the, there would only be one human being on the earth if we didn't need each other. Like we're, we're yeah, but I and th there is of course the when two or more are gathered. I find that in um, like in my work, <clears throat> that's different now because I work in circle most of the time rather than me being at the top of the room, right? So it changes the dynamic immediately. 
but then also when you have more bodies come together that have done deep work for a longer period of time it's like it amplifies the field it yeah. so like anything that isn't true just shakes out of the field like whether it's through through the physical body or through emotional releases whatever it is it's like whatever is hidden in the shadows come to the surface and to to light so much faster and so much with more ease but it's not it's not being in a philosophical discussion or being in the identity and pretending that we have to be this and that and everything is love and light it's like embodied love and like embodied light is that the power of it is it really doesn't judge us it, it doesn't judge what content is in the field it's like it, we just know when that begins to move in our bodies that we never did anything wrong right and it's almost like the, the prayer to put ourselves in those uh, situations or begin to attract that kind of work into our lives. It's like that, that it sets it in motion. Mm -hmm. So I, like in my work, I very like I always ask people before we begin work or before we begin a training, it's like, what, why are you coming here? What what? what is the journey that you are going to make because it, without the active participation and the choice of people like it, it it's completely pointless for me to pontificate about all these different ideologies and even like practical things that have to do with how the body functions how the mind functions if there's nobody there that really wants to um go beyond the the persona nothing much can happen right exactly this the identical uh principle in my in my world so you know if somebody's not actively asking for help and investing in that too just because mm -hmm. if, you know if, you know you might say you want help and 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 the, the true investment isn't there that you're willing to go through whatever you find then there's no point, you know, because yeah. I was always one that wanted to like hold people down and tell them the truth and stuff some knowledge into them and stuff like that. And with a lot of bad results, they, they don't like that. They don't want that. And, and was able to flip the table when somebody, somebody comes to me, you know, and that's, I feel very fortunate. The vast majority of people who come for coaching or, or training have already got themselves to that place where, where they are ready. They've decided they're open to, um, being guided into their own unconscious to make their own new new choices and decisions to heal, to uh, experience themselves in a different light. And um, I want to also just highlight that no judgment. It's very easy to talk about no judgment, but that that space of of truly not judging. I was I was the recipient of a lot of coaching when I was going through some hell in my life and lost both parents in a short time and everything came to the surface. And then I did. I was so fortunate to have coaches in that time that didn't judge. Like the scariest, most ugly things came up and out of me, and they yeah. witnessed yeah. it. But I was never ever made to feel 
And, and then you would test it like, oh, they're really going to judge me for this. And they don't. And that makes mm -hmm. me very humble so that when people bring, you know, freaky stuff to me, I have no feeling of judgment, absolutely no feeling. And they get the benefit of that. To me, that is the true nature. Like the sun shines, shines equally on everything. The, yeah. the, the, right, the life force is there. God is not our judge, but say the, the light side of that, it's that seeing, the, the, the pure seeing with no projection, just only reflection is a good goal, I think, for a practitioner. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, and I also, like, I appreciate that, like, in, I, like, I, I'm so grateful to be getting older, like, in the, I'm 50 this year, and like it's such it's just such a beautiful process of like I am so grateful for the little bit of maturity that I'm coming into and I have so much compassion for like my younger self when like I set out I think from like a level of soul with the same desire to reach like to reach the same destination or with the same prayer of connecting with myself and being of assistance to others uh, on that path um but i think when yeah we, like to me teaching or facilitating is studying like the the people that i'm working with they're they're my teachers like that their bodies are my teachers it's like I, I just listen for the intelligence that lives there and i think it's like it, it is a skill that comes with time also with time and practice and like unless we have the um, the confidence to begin to learn and to begin to practice we're not going to learn either so I think like it really is a case of we're walking each other home right yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's beautiful I love that yeah it, it there's a lot of mutuality the the role and and the beauty of not having such locked in identities that you can you know you can take them and, and make use of them and then you can also let them go when it's not needed and appropriate and uh and yeah to, to be in that place of of just always studying and rather than looking for the things that are wrong and using that habit of judgment which mm -hmm. ends up really all you, people end up doing is bypassing as a result like judgment is a way to not go through something mm -hmm. and uh, I, I wrote in my book about the empty why how when when you, you know, you're just beating yourself up and you think you're doing something good for your future. And it's like, no, it's, it's empty. And that energy in that emptiness is one of the biggest pains that you don't want, you know, we don't want to feel. Yeah. And, and we get out of it by judging ourselves and by judging the other person, of course, that, that kind of goes hand in hand, those yeah. two things. Yeah. Instead of just sitting oneself into the 
the emptiness, the like the misery, and I think when like when we don't run from what's going on and don't judge ourselves for what's going on, and this is the other like when I was speaking to my friend the other day, like we located like a victim judge axis that is almost like in the very much in the hidden interior it's like either i'll beat myself up over what's going on or i'll be in victim mode why like why is this oh no this isn't working in my life because of somebody else or something else and then like when if we just sit ourselves down like in the core of the not having any idea of what's gonna happen. Like I, I really find that when we can remember our capacity to choose the thoughts that we're thinking and the words that we speak, like whether it's so uh, we can call it prayer, right? The moment that I can instead of just letting the victim or the judge or any other sort of any other shadow archetype run run the show it's like that then we can begin to just take one step at a time as who we are knowing that the the power of the the sound or the word that is in the beginning creates right yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You said a lot there. Um, I would like to talk about the values mm -hmm. uh, and partly because I was so aware mm -hmm. of them as they disappeared in my body uh, in, mm. the, in the summer months when I was going through the depths of a, a pretty big insult to my life force. And, and then you know, a lot of those things, it's easy to take them on in a, in an intellectual way. And it's easy to, you know, see that there's five values or five wins in our body that have different functions and then watching certain ones like, oh my gosh, not there. Like it, it, the awareness of it not being there is, is way more of a teacher than, than it being there when you mm. just have it and take for granted and everything works tickety-boo. And so what, is the function of those winds or values in the body? There's there's five, right? Yeah, there's five, and they're um, located. I'll, I'll I'll just use language is kind of lame and it compartmentalizes. But like, if if I'm to speak about them in the in the sense of how the subtle body anatomy map functions, it's they're located in the pranamaya kosha. So prana meaning life creating energy. It's the the energy or the winds. So I, I would also call the values directions. So it, it's a it's a wind that moves in a certain direction. And when the winds are moving in the directions that they're where there's balance between them, then um, things are flowing and are in harmony, right? So 
because it is prana, we do um, and pranamaya kosha I locate in the second chakra, which is the regenerative organs, right? Where um, that creates life and babies and everything else that we create. But it's also the kidney energy in Chinese medicine. It's like the it's like the battery for our life force. Hmm. So the like the pranamaya kosha being the the second layer or the the layer immediately adjacent to if we could separate them, yeah, being immediately adjacent to the. Um, Anamaya kosha, which is the dense body or the food layer, the physical matter, right? Um, the 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 function is that it's the it's the the life creating energy that animates us and that lives us, um, regardless of uh, whether we believe that we're alive or not. Yeah. It's the the winds and the directions are they're responsible <clears throat> for all of the physiological functions in the body, right? So not the um, they're responsible. I can just go through them kind of briefly. So the Please, the lowest, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give us a little map first of where I just yeah. uh, pointed it. Yeah, at. yeah. So there's five of them, right? The <clears throat> Apanavayu lives in the um, from the center of the sacrum, which is the in the pelvis, right? Apanavayu lives in the pelvis and in the legs and in the heels mostly, and its direction is downwards. So it's responsible for moving things out of our bodies. Right? So it's responsible for urination and excretion. It's responsible for birthing a baby. It's also responsible for holding the fetus in utero. And it's responsible for the exhalation. Mm. Right? So <clears throat> if this wind, if we're deficient in this wind, which can have to do with any of the elements of the organs and meridians that are in the legs, liver, gallbladder, stomach, spleen, and um, kidney bladder, yeah? If there's an imbalance in those organs and in those elements that can affect the um, apanavayu, yeah? Also, <clears throat> If there has been like early childhood trauma or another life-threatening trauma or event later on where that can also really compromise that because of it um, like any threat to our survival is root chakra so if the root chakra is not um, in place then apanavayu suffers so if that downward movement isn't there, which is responsible for the exhalation, the um, energy kind of accumulates in other parts of the body, right? 
Um, the, after a panavayu, in the... Can I quickly say something about that? Yeah. Just because it's so relevant that, um, you know, people are detoxing, whether it's, you know, emotional detoxing or substance abuse tech detoxing or for all of the, you know, the chemicals and the wrongs come at us from the food and the air and the water detoxing. And so this is a very important function in the body that if we don't have that, then you, you literally get, you become more poison, right? Like, like you're yeah. saying that the, the tissues will, will hold that. So it's, it's a very important thing that's, that, uh, and your exhale, right? That this is, this is something that I always would study and, and get people to study that, you know, is the, is the inhale coming easy and the exhale, you forget to do it. You're holding your breath in, for example, and not mm. letting go. And I'm curious what you think about like emotional release. Is it this upon, upon, uh, upon a value as well? Um, you're getting the real good appreciation in the chat here, by the way. I just want you to know. Oh, beautiful. Yes, you're not seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing it because I have the full screen. Otherwise, I just get too distracted. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, like any release, I would say, any deep release needs a panavayu, right? And do you think that if they, um, the release, because this is something I noticed too, that there's very often an up and out energy to emotional, spiritual release, but not always. I have students and clients that will report energy moving down and, mm -hmm. you know, through their legs and, and out their feet or something like that. So I try never to qualify what direction the energy should move, but rather yeah. to, to follow that. And so yeah. do you think that that downward and upward release would be different? Um, I, I would locate the different types of release and the, the depth from where they come to the different koshas and the level that a soul is working with. And it's not saying that one layer or level is better or worse because the body always prioritizes what needs to go first right um but the um, i find that if if there is a deficiency of a panavayu um lack of grounding lot um lack of proper nutrition yeah the um, when, when if the body literally cannot uh, be in a state of safety and trust, being like held, received, and uh, receiving our connection to nature through our physical body and to the ground beneath us, and that the re the emotional releases tend to be um, not through the nervous system; they tend to be in the in manomaya kosha or in pranamaya kosha which is the the heart right so there can be a lot of like releasing of grief a lot of releasing of 
shame, like distinct emotions that have emotional expressions. But I, I find that the deeper kind of trauma release that the, the body, like I, I know that there are techniques to go into trembling and I, I don't know those techniques, but in like what, what I witness in the work that I do, and it came through um, my medicine woman training teacher, Mira Michelle, the, and it's not a technique that anybody is doing. It's when it's literally when the body is so safe that the um, it, it's like the release of the programming and conditioning that's recorded in the nervous system can, can move out when the apanavayu is there. It's almost like the that, that it's safe to be like held to the ground. So it, it's just a different, it's a different type of release. I, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I will relate it to um, birthing, like you said, the, the panavayu will, will help in the birthing plus to hold that baby mm. until it's time. Mm. And, um, and there is a, there is a birthing element to releasing. It is, it is being reborn on the other side into a yeah. freedom out of a picture and a perspective and a reality that felt by all evidence to be true. And on the other side of that birth, you're not that person anymore. No. So yeah, yeah that's like a death. Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a death, that that process or uh, um an initiation. I, I haven't given birth to children myself. Uh but my body has gone through Just this child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, w one of them. Um <laughs> But my, my body has um, gone through the motions of like when that big, when big releases happen, that it's like the, the body needs the same support as maybe a birthing woman's body might need at times. Uh, I know a lot of people are free birthing, which is like a different level of trust altogether. I think there's a, a an amazing process there, but yeah, that was my experience. Yeah. 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 I had more, more uh, problems with the medical system than I did with nature and uh, decided mm. to risk it. And mm. yeah. Yeah. So much can take care of itself and it's no little thing. Like you said, I mean, death, it's not there. It's not a, poetic word <laughs> in that case you literally yeah 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 because i just to did you want to say something else because i was thinking just to move on to the next it, that's exactly there. exactly what i was yeah. gonna say yeah go ahead yeah because I, I like without the um, apanavayu being established and kind of functioning in a healthy way and actually moving downwards there can then be a lot of agitation um, up above. So the first thing that happens if it's not there is that the digestion suffers. Ah. 
because Samanavayu being the, the belly part, second chakra and part like holy third chakra, this it's an, an inward movement of energy and then outward. So it's the digestion and the transmutation and the, um, it's, yeah, it's really digestion of foods, emotions, thoughts, experiences, all of that. So that begins to suffer if we're not grounded, right? And then the, um, the vayu above that is pranavayu, which lives in the chest. Prana. It's really, it's the inhalation. Yeah. So the upward movement is not pranavayu. The upward movement is udanavayu, which lives in the throat, which is, um, which I call the choice point of creation. It's like mm. the mercurial point that can carry both the male and the female. But pranavayu wants to move inwards, pranavayu that lives in the chest. So if energy from below the waist isn't moving downwards, pranavayu has nowhere to go because it, it just gets stopped, right? So if, if we can't exhale fully, we also can't inhale fully. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. once, once those are moving in and pranavayu is really the receiving of the breath of God, of our life force, mm -hmm. of, um, so it requires a level of trust. Yeah. That, that has to do with the lower chakras in order for that to function fully. Um, and then from there is the energy moves upwards, but it's not like, because it's one, it's just a part of our life creating energy that needs to be moving upwards. Like when our chakras are open, when we, we can say when like our Kundalini is humming in our spinal cord, it's like Apanavayu is going to be moving downwards. We're not going to go anywhere. It's only Udana Vayu that moves upwards. Mm -hmm. This is in Pranamaya Kosha. So in the deeper layers, yeah. If our attention is in a deeper layer, we'll, we'll experience it differently. Everything turns to light, right? But we still haven't gone anywhere. You know, we don't need to go up there or down here because there is only creation. So there's nowhere to go. Udanavayu is responsible for speech and for um, speech is one of the organs of action of Pranamaya Kosha. So that, that's, that whole map is in the book, actually, how the different organs of action relate to the five vayus. So speech, uh, unless there is proper functioning below the way that we are able to project our voice into the world or choose the words that we want to speak from, not just from a level of programming, um, isn't really there. 
So then the fifth value is Vienna value, which is basically the auric feel. Yeah. We can say that it's the skin is the ability to feel, right? So even though we can say that the senses are in the body, when we feel somebody coming closer to us without touching us, it's like that's our Vienna value. So that's responsible for circulation of energy. Yeah. So I hope that gives a little bit of a clue as to what those ones are up to. Yeah. It's so fun for me because there's certain things that you do learn on this subtle level and they can't be forgotten. It's been 20 years since I've looked at these words or the meaning of these words, but it's all, it all has informed my what was going to be future at that point mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it's, it's just a, a really neat I like about the Udana value and that mercurial point because um, that's that you know that people will outside of the say Christian philosophy maybe talk about that like that's the Christ energy right that's the that's the transformer also very interesting when you talk about the male and female um, you know, and I, I talk about them as, as archetypes, but they're absolutely yeah. uh, energies, which is a foundation for those archetypes and, um, and how it all hinges on this expression, right? That, and, and what, what did you also say that like, this is the creation point or. I, I call the, the, so it's the fifth chakra. I, I call it the choice point of creation because choice point of creation. in nice. the beginning is the word. Aha, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. That's how reality yeah. comes to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And and so, uh, oh, Andrew Smith thinks you're brilliant. That's lovely. <laughs> and um, thank you. Yeah, there was one question that was here, if you don't mind to take. Uh, what was your opinion on spinal alignment, the Atlas joint, chiropractic practice in connection with the healthy alignment? Um, I, I haven't experienced, I know there's a separate practice that does the Atlas, the Atlas joint alignment. I haven't experienced that myself, but I would definitely go to a good chiropractor that doesn't just crack bones, but that really work on deeper levels. If my body needs it, I wouldn't depend on it, but I would, um, if I know that it would help me um, not avoid pain but because I think sometimes the like it might be that there is spinal misalignment there is like a difference in lengths of bone and those kinds of things but then depending on the mental emotional state of anyone like we can have compensation patterns that sit in the muscles that can come both from how this, the skeleton or the bones are, but that can also be caused by mental emotional trauma or like unseen stuff. So I think I, I greatly appreciate 
I know a couple of brilliant chiropractors here and I think if one uses like that beautiful knowledge um, in a way like uh, as a support on a journey where we take responsibility for what comes up and uh, what what causes us to go back into pain it can be a really good um yeah a really good support and help for the physical body and also for emotional releases and yeah nice um, yeah i see that coming there um And I just wanted to point out while you're where you're looking at that, how most people, well, most, I don't know, but many people are using the natural means, say like what chiropractor would, would be more, more natural than say taking drugs and painkillers and all that kind of thing, but they'll use it just the same way and end up at the chiropractor every single week back in the mm -hmm. same problem. So they'll leave pain free and then they'll be back with the same pain and the same yeah. kind of thing giving credence to what you're saying about how, you know, if certain dynamics and roots are still in play, then, then the structure is not going to take to a new alignment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's where the, um, like feeling into and noticing the, um, how the nervous system responds to external or internal information and then knowing where we need to make the choice to look at what's causing something. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, <clears throat> I, this, this comment here, thank you. Um, I, in my experience, I think that the, this search for perfection is a little bit of a myth. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I, because it's like we can try and work and try and perfect and do all these practices forever and ever to induce a Kundalini awakening so to speak or to have different like states of consciousness or energetic experiences but i i think like the the energy that we're looking for like it, it's already here it's already written in our bodies that, like that which is called kundalini is the reason why we exist and are alive in the first place. So I, I it's almost like um, I feel it to be it's almost like one of those unattainable things that teachers could talk about to students to make sure that they never realized how powerful they were. Mm. Yeah. And, and and I found that like a lot in the new age or spiritual communities it's like the teacher <laughs> speaks as if they have more spiritual knowledge than anybody else when in fact 
like we are all created equal and in the image of God. It's like whether we experience light or phenomena or energy moving, it's like that does not make anyone better or more spiritual than anybody else. It's so like I totally appreciate that. Yeah, there is very powerful energy that can move through our spinal cord and through the energetic channels that can clear out a lot of stuff. But I think that chasing it or trying to attain it is, we kind of miss, yeah, miss the beauty of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since Bill and Kano, if you're still around, use the expression the other day, it's, I'm using it all the time. It, it becomes like chasing a dragon. Yeah. I was very much in this place in my, in my trips to India, you know, I'd, I'd have these high lofty spiritual experiences and I'm like, Oh, I'm enlightened now. And, uh, and then, and then I would like, you know, crash and come down because it, everything has to balance out and, you know, so high becomes so low. It's just, that's, that's the nature of, of the level playing field. And, uh, and then it becomes like a drug chasing spiritual experiences, trying to, you always hear people talk, I want to get back. I felt peace at that time and I want to get back there. And then it's, it does become unattainable. And the teachers, this just repeating everything you've said, but the teachers end up needing to position themselves like I'm this much better and further ahead than you are because I've had X, Y, Z experiences. Uh, almost always when I have gone to share a spiritual experience, it's so empty and meaningless. It's beautiful to have it. Like God shows you certain things and you're like, whoa, what a movie, like amazing. And uh, yeah. there's gratitude and stuff, but it doesn't make you more. It doesn't make you actually further ahead on the path because you saw no. something. No, I, I think that's the, <sighs> yeah, it's like that. I, I think that there, there is no ultimate destination. Like the, the, the idea of a path, like I, I call it the path. I call the the work, the path, a lot of the time, because it is, I'm so aware of that I'm walking it with others. But um, I think the, the idea of that it's go going to lead somewhere better than where we are is that that's when we we, we miss the, the beauty of what is actually occurring. Um, oh, there was something else I wanted to say there. Um, Oh, might come back to me. But a really good point, because all you end up doing is degrading where you're at in your in your humble flesh and your humble bones and all of yeah. the, the way that yeah. God organized energy. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I, the first time that so. So I, I have scoliosis yeah, or, or most of the time there's a curve and there's like muscles on one side of the body are holding more than others and if I go too far out of balance then I might get into some pain and then I'll have to just rearrange a few things in my life and in my body and things are good again but the one time that I experienced like a perfectly like all of the muscles were equal on both sides and my spine was perfectly straight. That was after probably like a, after seven days in the Vipassana retreat, where if anybody knows the Vipassana method, it's like you go for 10 days and you just sit and meditate. 
no talking, yeah. speech, pranamaya, like it's prana, yeah, so it, it's, um, it's a very powerful thing choosing when we speak and when we don't, and what we share about with others. Uh, but to come back to the experience that I had with the spinal alignment, like it was very clear to me that the reason why my spine straightened out was that I was not giving my attention to the usual dramas of my life and the usual um, my usual personality uh, concerns because you're 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 basically just sitting um, focusing your attention and the first two or three days I thought I was going to die like I was plotting how to escape from there so much thank you ah that's so nice I know there's a whole bunch of Irish Irish um, friends here so thank you for joining it's lovely yes uh, thank to know you so there. Interruptions. I don't like to just ignore them though so this is such sweet messages <laughs> yeah um yeah so it was interesting to notice that the spinal alignment came from uh, it was like pulling my energy out of the plasma or the neurological entrainment produced by my own thoughts and my own personality and simply being in the present moment um, that actually straightened up my spine. Cool. But, but then the beautiful thing was like, oh, <laughs> my medicine sisters, we do such beautiful work together in nature and have done for years. I'm indebted to all of you for all of this beautiful work. Um, mm. Yeah, but what, what I, what I noticed then after this experience of complete like release of the spine and of the muscles, when I came out of it, I got really sick for two weeks and my body just contracted into all of this tension. So it was almost like I just hadn't dealt with what was causing the pain and the misalignment. So I could have said, okay, I'm going to practice this method now for five hours every day and just have a straight spine and be super spiritual. Or I could say, oh, it's okay that I have, and kind of pretend that all the other stuff wasn't there, right? I, I would never have mined the gold then <laughs> if I had been judging the fact that the spine curves sometimes and that my body does different things depending on what's going on so yeah it was really like I can make the choice of equating a straight spine with being spiritual and judge the parts of me that aren't able to be there all the time or I can say thank you God for my beautiful body that is so intelligent that it tells me when I need to rearrange and pay attention to how I do things and just appreciate that I've actually been given life 
whether my spine is straight all the time or not. It's like, who cares? Who cares? Exactly, exactly. And, and then it's a boom on the miss the gold part. Because that's, I found myself wanting that. I just wanted to eat food and digest it. And I'd like to be at that result now. But it turned out there was some gold there for me. And until I went through it and, and really grasped and was able to digest, this was a big part of it. Like just I'm, now I'm learning to digest my experiences. You can see I'm doing less interviews. I'm focusing uh, almost entirely on my coaching students behind the scenes. So much less outward, turning much less busy schedule, which is a wow, God's totally uh, helping me with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I lay on the floor and digest the conversation, or I digest the interview, or I, you know, and it is a digestion process, just, just the reflection. There's no, I'm not doing any spiritual techniques necessarily, although if I bump into, you know, a pocket of gold held and held stuck energy, then I can release it before it goes more deeply embedded in my unconscious because right. I'm just rushing along from experience to experience. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was beautiful. And and then on that note, do you do you use techniques to move the values, to move the energy? Like if you see a certain, and that's what I noticed, like the Apanu value, it, it, it was gone. Like I just didn't have it. The, the downward motion of my body, it wasn't there anymore. And I did turn to to much more deliberate breathing, you know, literally lay lay there for two hours and and do nothing but focus on the inhale and the exhale and and bring you know bring life back to my body. So yeah. is do you also you know some people might call that a manipulation or kind of a false thing, but is that is that how you work with the energy? Um, I like I know a lot of people that work with lots of techniques to like activate the values or activate the chakras or like in the way that I perceive it is that the, um, the perfection of how all of these systems work and how these winds are supposed to move like that our, our bodies already that perfection is written in our energetic blueprint and in our bodies. So I, rather than trying to do something to make something happen, I, I start from the knowing that my body knows how to do it. Like lying on the floor is one of my favorite practices. Uh, and then, yeah. <laughs> um, and then when we're talking about prana, which is energy wind that has to do with the breath, like breathing any type of, almost any type of breathing technique just will begin to move the wind. And I think when we deliberately engage with the breath to move beyond whatever patterning is kind of... Um, controlling it unconsciously, we do begin to move from the psychological manomaya kosha that causes a lot of the problems back into the physiological function, right? Which is where the virus operates. So the breath, yeah, is definitely one of the best ones, but also 
Um, I would do anything that works with the with the legs. If we're exhausted, like we can't really exercise. There, there's no energy for it, right? But the I thing know. that we but the thing that we can do is just stand up and bend the legs a little bit. The legs switch on on their own, right? We just our attention suddenly goes to our legs. Yeah, so it's just bringing the energy there. There's a few different stances that I would work, that I would use to move energy back into the legs. Um, not complicated at all, not big movements. The other thing I'm finding is with pranavayu because it wants to move inwards. When you lift anything that puts pressure from like from the arm bone back into the socket mm -hmm. that on. brings yeah energy like pranavayu prana begets apana apana begets prana it's like the yin and yang a little bit that they're not yeah even though that they're not opposites because they're part of the five winds or the five elements we can call them but yeah this is the beauty of God and God's creation that uh, there it, it's all rigged in your favor, right? That I noticed that the healing work, I mean, I, I'm not a healer, but the, the healing work that I help people do will bring the breath back into the body without trying to manipulate or control it. Mm. And, and then, and then, but the, but the breath work will make that emotional work more available, mm -hmm. you know, so you can, you can go, go either direction, wherever you start is good, especially if you have the idea you're going to go for the gold and, you, and you're not just addicted to some high state or feeling better or being free from pain kind of thing. So I yeah. don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and another practice that is beautiful is, I think it's in the States, Oh, <laughs> beloved sister. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, another practice that I would use is, it's called, I think it's, the practice itself is called authentic movement, but I think that kind of brings with it a, a layer of pressure. It's like, I'm, I have to be authentic. Am I not being authentic? It's just like an invitation for the judge archetype. So I, I call it natural movement, but it's really like it can be done on your own, but it's more effective if you have a witness and you do it like in a small group. But when you simply allow yourself to lay on the floor, allow your body to breathe as it's breathing, as it needs to be, as it, as it needs to breathe, allow yourself to simply be present with how you are without zoning out or drifting off, right? You're just in the feeling of the body and of the breath without asking anything of yourself. Like that's almost the quickest way for energy to begin to find its way to where it needs to be in the body because we're not 
telling the body that there is something wrong with it, right? Yeah, you're you're not treating yourself like a problem to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, and the the impulse to move that comes from within us that's so like this spontaneous movement that comes from an abundance of energy that kids have right like it, it comes back it comes back fairly quickly when we let go of having to be anyone in particular or do anything in particular to be allowed to be here yeah right because now i don't know how to say this exactly i might censor myself a bit but just that the like the energy is born of of intelligence pure like pure intelligence pure, it, you could say it knows what to do but i don't like to make it separate from you that's the only thing like as if then you got two things mm -hmm. it's you and the energy that's that's the only thing that kind of comes up there but when you when you allow energy to move then it does all the things like look we go to sleep we're not even there we're completely yeah. check out the heart beats, the, the lungs breathe, the food metabolizes, the, and, and it, in fact, it does, it, it won't survive without you getting yourself out of the way for, you know, at least six or eight hours every 24 hour period. Yeah. You know, so that that intelligence can, can, so there's so much that I always say it's rigged in our favor. The whole, the whole thing is as much struggle and suffering and problems and things that people have, it's all, it's all there designed perfectly for us yeah uh, and uh, i yeah it's so beautiful I, I would also call it intelligence or living intelligence like the living intelligence of creation that we are part of and i think it's that like the knowing that we don't need to control how creation functions that it is written in our favor without abandoning the tremendous power of responsibility and choice that we've been given i think that's the that's kind of the point of like where if we go to personality identity try to control try to survive then it all falls upon our poor little brains to try and figure it all out. And that, that usually doesn't work so well, like, because we don't need to concern ourselves with how creation functions. But it, that's where I feel this, like, I really feel that this living intelligence of God's creation is, I don't need to be more than it. I know that it's, I, I, I would almost call it like the animal body or the natural like living body. It's like a tree. It's like anything that is animated within creation. I don't need to um, have that mean anything about my identity. And then I get to see what happens when I make different choices from 
the responsibility that I've been given with my own word and with my own actions. Because it, it's like the, it really is this cause and effect. Like if I put something out that isn't that is discordant or that comes from a place of fear or control or competition, like it doesn't come back to me in a good way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have a lot to say on that subject of of control that can be very different from the way that there's there are certain like God gave us free will. We're at the helm. Yeah. our operating system and yeah. it, it's all it's it, it actually to the degree that you can dialogue and influence it but not from a place that to me is one of the core root programs that is there to um well not there to i, I won't i won't even finish that but um so it is about control but it's it's the the program says that you lack that that you don't have that mm-hmm. You also said that you need to figure this out and use your mind to, you know, come to some truth that's going to only promises to liberate you, but never does. And, and so the, just that I, I always feel like I need to make this distinction between the difference between control and, and not, and, and the program that tells you, you don't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, knowledge does come, but not from that mechanism of trying to control through figuring it out. It doesn't, mm-hmm. come, it never comes that way. It comes through the healing, right? That the actual healing brings all kinds of insights. People can barely keep up with them. You watch, they're like, oh my gosh, this light bulb went on and that connection was made. And I see how all of these things are linked and, and, but it's, it, you know, it's, Otherwise, if you're just running that, like I'm out of control and I'm, I need to get control, then that's to me the big problem with, with yeah. control. <laughs> yeah. But People it, pretend they don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, and I, I would almost relate like the, the way that control gets a bad rap, like the ego. Bingo. It's, yeah, and the I would almost equate the the bad mouthing of control as the bad mouthing of the masculine, like the the oh. yang that yes. takes charge when when it's needed and when it's required, that it's like the whole programming of the world is like call masculinity toxic and pretend that like control and power used for good. Like there is so much power in that when it comes from the right place, like there's nothing wrong with that at all. So yeah, that's another great um, spirituality myth, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, he's written a beautiful book I can't remember it right now, but there's a lot of truth in there, and he quotes the Bible quite a lot. And but but he says, "Your your will is God's will." It's like when our will is aligned with our hearts and our souls, there is nothing wrong about being at the helm. The helm yeah. that. The helm that we've been put in exactly yeah mm-hmm. we're on the same page with so many things it's really fun yeah it is <laughs> you fun. probably 
Yeah, you you probably knew it sooner than I did as I'm getting to know you now. But uh, uh, NAD, nice to see you on the Rockfin chat there. And she's just talking about she got that kid energy earlier. And I can really relate to that where, you know, all of a sudden there's some freedom and there's breath in the body. And then and then it's, it's like my body gets up to do something. And mm -hmm. there's what you're saying, like that kind of flow with the, the creation energy is there and it just comes through you. So that's beautiful. I'm glad you had that. And, and that authentic movement, you know, just like sometimes in the process of letting something go and my head is just doing this as if I didn't do that, but it's, it's not like somebody's controlling you. It's, it's that you're so, what is the word slipstreaming? the life force and you're one with it and there's not a separation like, Oh, I have a neck and a head and I need to move it like this. Or it's right. It's so different. I don't know if you can relate to that experience. Yeah. At all. Yeah, totally. It's very much even like to like energy comes and like the body moves because there it's almost like, there are ways of experiencing this life that when we're just going between standing, cooking, sitting, lying down, sleeping, it's like there's so many, there's so much of creation experienced in different ways when we just allow the body to make tiny little movements. That it, it's, I feel it almost like it's the body that's inviting us to no creation in yet another facet or configuration it's like you didn't have to control this you weren't looking for something and this is the amount of ah mm, uh, like visceral gold that you get to revel in very nice very yeah. nice and Love it. I, I would I'll say one thing about the natural movement also when like when we rest sometimes and energy comes back it's really nice if you set yourself an amount of time to see like when impulses come you'll begin to notice when the impulse is from the programming that it would be very easy to follow because it's familiar the more you rest into the bones and into the ground, it's like you'll notice the impulse move through, but you don't need to follow it. So that, that is a yeah, beautiful realm of exploration there too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Energy gets habituated along certain channels. This I saw mm -hmm. when I was very young, had a vision. Of, of how all of those paths get so congested with, because there's so much traffic and energies traveled the same path over and over again. And it's a very easy choice to go that direction, but to have the awareness of, and looking, seeing you actually have a choice. Ah, that's not a, that's not a true default. That's just what's been happening. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the impulse will pass. I love that. I love that. Like it, it, you, you get to observe it move as an energy, as it's, you know, instructing you, telling you to do something, telling you to, you know, say, act, be, and, and then it's gone. Yeah. Passes yeah. through like a current. Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah. Yeah. Current of electricity. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. yeah. Uh, and NAD, this is a uh, tongue in cheek, but my question would be how much money would hospitals stand to lose by uh, having a, you know, fresh air, sun garden and uh, the, all the natural means, right? That, yeah. 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 They, they have, they have the gardens at the hospital close by here, but you never see any people in them. They're all mm. inside, locked inside. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Stupid. Yeah. And then how how little need would there be for hospitals if people themselves took themselves outside more often and actually spent time in the sun? Like that's the, yeah, and got mm -hmm. together. I, I know I, I was just like, if I'm getting sick or if I feel like things are not well, in my body it's like I just crave touch touch and connection and then the body heals very quickly nice yeah nice yeah that's a big part of life and a big part of why they you know tried to keep us six feet apart and not not connecting in real lifetime yeah real living people and yeah all those so-called little things like hugs and and connection yeah 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 exactly yeah. well this has been a beautiful conversation i totally appreciate your time there was just one more topic i wouldn't mind um mm -hmm. going into and then if you want to let people know how they can again get your book i'll reshare the link and so. um, i interviewed aaron abke the other day and he he talks a lot about the raising of frequency sort of a little bit more. And I had to warn him, like, by the way, I just uh, did a couple of videos on Ascension busting and he laughed, thought that was fun. And, uh, and then he talks about density. And uh, so a lot of spiritual movements will talk about, you know, oh, you're so dense, you're so physical, you're so like in the flesh, or that'd be kind of an insult, a spiritual insult. And then he's actually talking about the density of light and is there a parallel in, in the work that you're doing? So, you know, like as you go along the path, are you trying to build up a light body or how, how do you see that? Um, so I would say that our light body is already here. Amen. And, and that our physical body is simply the material manifestation of our life bodies so the life body is already here we wouldn't be alive at all right um and i like when we were talking about the frequencies frequencies movies there the other day uh, mm -hmm. exactly what aaron was saying like my understanding of density and that i, I got that from walter russell's work really when i was looking into um just where he located um, gases and liquids and solids on a scale of vibration. It's like the zero point is where the inert ga gases are, or they begin to express like um, at the finest vibrations. And then the it takes more and more and more and more energy and light to create denser matters this is why uranium is used for nuclear power right because it's so dense that it holds enormous amounts of light so i, I would completely 
agree there and, and that's I think that's why I'm so <clears throat> um, not in a hurry to escape the physical vehicle or, or life here on earth and in connection with others so yeah I, I would say that the higher vibrations have what we call higher I would say that the highest vibrations create most density. And you're talking about light density or you're talking about more like matter. matter? Yeah. Okay. Got it. That was more my understanding as well. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, I'm going to have to listen to that answer again. Uh, there was one more question I had offered to share on somebody else's behalf and I don't even totally get the question, but hopefully you do. Yeah. Uh, she said, I recall her inferring that the natural world is our source. Uh, although that's her words, not yet, not yours, she says. And she's interested to understand how you connect the meridian subtle body system up with discerning cause. <laughs> I, I don't totally understand it. Does that make sense? Mm. <clears throat> I'll just have a little, little listen into that. I'm just trying to see what you might mean. Um, like if the natural world, which I would include the body in that and our organs and the elements, which Chinese medicine so uh, intelligently relates to the organs, right? The um, <clears throat> I don't know which cause she is referring to. If it's the cause of imbalance or um, like cause of illness, or if it's the causal cause of right. creation. So right. right. Yeah, I don't really know how to respond to that, but yeah. Well, maybe we could continue to chat in the House of Free Will about that, because I, I think there's a mm -hmm. deep question in there. I, I just didn't have that. She sent it just before the interview, so I didn't have a chance yeah. to clarify. Yeah, but... I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the so, root okay. of that. Right, because yeah. the, there is the causal and the cause and the ultimate, you know, cause of everything. And uh, so there's a few different ways to, to go in that direction. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to share with people one more time about your book, how you get yourself a copy of The, the Remembrance that um, is in two parts, The Foundation and The Restoration? It's funny how many times I looked at the word restoration last night and I just felt good looking at the word. It's like, ah, yes, right. And so once you have that foundation, primarily in natural law, which we didn't talk a huge amount about today, I, partly because I think this um, you know, these, these, these people generally that are watching my podcast are more familiar with that side of things. Yeah. And, uh, and then the subtle body being less familiar and less, you know, commonly studied. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'll drop a link while you, while you mention yeah. that. Great. So yeah, the website that I've had for many years now is the one that you have on the banner. It's veronicalarson.com, but I'm switching over to houseofremembrance.com um, and I don't know why it says on it shouldn't say opens in a new tab that shouldn't be there so oh, okay. it should just be forward slash the remembrance book 
with the dashes there. So I don't know how they, that got in there. Is there a dash after remembrance? Uh, or just like this? No, it's just it's a little line. The remembrance and dash book. So is this correct, what I put up here? Uh, no. After the remembrance, there should be another little is it dash and then book after that. Just the book part. Got it. So not the opens in a new tab. Okay, now. No, not the opens in a new All tab. All right. Third time lucky. I'm going to share this link. <laughs> so if you want to click on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got it. We got it. The book. The remembrance book. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I highly That's encourage you to go and check out that the, her website and uh, and grab a copy of this book. I think this would be like a, you know, the book of a lifetime really to go through with, with a yeah. uh, fine tooth comb. There's so much in there. Yeah, there's it's, a lot. It's quite a record. Yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, darn, yeah. you know what? I just went to open the link and it says page not found. So there might be something oh. about that. But um, if you... Yeah. If you yeah, if you find it, I'll sh I'll share it out. If you if you find a correct link, I'll share it out on my channel so people can and in the notes below. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, re great. I'll repost that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get that to you now, just afterward after we okay. finish. And yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you so much, Beth. It's been You're such a pleasure, and I'm so honored to be talking to you and uh, to be in the presence of your audience, which are just yeah amazing and inspiring so thank you so much you're welcome sorry for the sirens here but it was obviously well received and thanks for bringing your friends as well it's nice to meet them yeah thank you okay you're very welcome i'll stay on for a minute and just let people know about the workshop tomorrow but uh, we'll see you in the in the forum maybe i'll see you at the workshop yeah beautiful <laughs> if you're free okay thank you. Love. okay you're welcome bye, bye. All right, that was a beautiful talk. Thanks to uh, RMA and SB and everybody in Louise. That was lovely, tree dude. So uh, so interesting, eh? It's it's just there's a beautiful thing that happens when our attention is on the subtle nature of our existence, and it's not on all of the things that are you know trying to get you off your game and and get you distracted and being afraid or running for your life or all that kind of thing that it, it's a very fine subtle place to be in and that I appreciate a lot so this is this is great there's about a thousand more questions but we'll maybe get to those in the future and uh, yet we're hello Richard Bonner nice to see you when we're out in nature the creatures like the birds and the squirrels are uh, are one we would just naturally be with them and uh, so yeah I have a lot of gratitude for this conversation and thank you for being here if you're new to the channel and you want to subscribe to it then that would be awesome i will take any help i can get in getting myself into any kind of algorithm when it comes to youtube they are suppressing pretty good but so tomorrow in the house of free will where i am the founder and veronica is a member we are hosting Sherry Rothwell. We'll, we'll get her as a member yet too. She is the creator of what actually could be the new sponsor of the King Heroes Journey. I never thought I would take a sponsor, but then finally there was something I loved enough that I thought I could talk about it all the time. And I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, she makes these amazing protein pancake mix. And for the health journey that I've been through, 
it was one of the first foods that I could go, or not the first, but like say second generation after a certain amount of healing had taken place, I could have, I could have pancakes and I'm having them every day and they're so good for you. So she's a proponent of not denying yourself uh, the pleasures of life, but, but turning them into something actually healthy. Uh, so, so you might hear more about pancakes and all I want out of it is pancakes. <laughs> So I just thought I would let you know. And then uh, in the House of Free Will, if you would like to join us tomorrow, there is a link and I'm going to grab it quickly for you so you can see all of the details about this workshop called A Holistic Anatomy of Digestion. Because digestion is at least 80% of your health. And if you uh, lose sight of that, then you are not going to um, be very happy in your body. Uh, things won't work right. And the, all of those winds and vibes won't, won't go properly. So to me, this is absolutely uh, a beautiful opportunity. It is free to members, right? She's putting together a whole PowerPoint and slideshow and going to deliver so much beautiful information. And, uh, and then it's, it's just freely given, which has been the majority of the, you know, any workshops that I've offered from guest experts, and there are a whole ton of them right now. They're all there as an archive in the library. Uh, I do weekly snippets, and they're much more private than how I express on my podcast, going behind the scenes. Those people know, you know, more about what's going on. I swear more, just in case that you like that part. And, uh, and then so there, this is the link that you can click on that tells you the details of the workshop itself and also gives you a chance to apply to the House of Free Will if you're not already a member. Uh, membership is uh, by donation. It, it could be as little as $3 a month. So it's almost nothing compared to everything that you're getting. We're now changing to having weekly fellowship. It's going to be one week is good for European time zone. The second week is going to be good for the North American and Australian time zones. So that's doubling now in the fellowship. We just had our first movie event, which, which uh, you heard Veronica talking about. We, we together, we got together and uh, watched the movie Frequencies. I do recommend that. Crow Triple Seven did a great review on it. That's how the, the movie trickled down to me and the membership. And uh, thank you, Zolt, for coming. That was awesome. And, uh, and fuck yeah. <laughs> there you go. More swearing. Justin likes that part. So I invite you to check it out and, um, and then you need to apply for the house of free will. So it's a little bit on the exclusive, definitely vetting people so that the members are, uh, you can trust that there is some like-mindedness going on, that people share at least some, uh, broad values and are, you know, it's not going to be left field. There's nobody who believes in the boogeyman virus for, for a start, but even within that, I'm watching carefully. I don't reject very many people, so please don't be afraid of that. I don't think you'd be uh, interested in joining the House of Free Will if you didn't have some alignment with me. And uh, it, so good question. Do you have to be Christian? No, no, you don't. Uh, I, I have been through quite a, a Christian phase and uh, come out the other side. I, I talk about it a fair amount in, in the House of Free Will snippets. So no, you don't have to be a Christian. It's kind of like, um, you know, maybe Veronica would not call herself a Christian, but she uh, works with some biblical principles and this and the scriptures wisdom on an esoteric level. So there's like every possible flavor going on, but mostly the, you know, people who would 
consider themselves Christians, I think, uh, are not really around anymore, or they're quiet, or um, I offended them, or I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have a way of uh, doing that without trying. So yeah, you're, you're, you're more than welcome to apply. You don't have to be Christian. I need to actually do some rewriting on my homepage just so people don't get turned off. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, thank you, Justin. You, uh, he's in the house of free will and non-denominational. You know, I just, I just love Jesus. That's all. I don't know. <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I know. Thank you for coming, Tree Dude and Genevite. I'm glad you found it interesting. So lots of love, everybody. I'm going to be uh, signing off from here and uh, I will look for applications tonight. If anybody wants to jump into that workshop, it's 1 p.m. tomorrow on Zoom. And you get uh, when you use that link that I shared, uh, the first thing is the applications. You have to wait for a response to that so you can actually sign the um, agreement or accept the agreement. There's no signing because it's it's um, electronic. And I think that's all. So I love you guys very much. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will be back again next week with, uh, I believe, Dr. Melissa Sell. Is that true? She's next week or maybe the week after. Next week is my birthday, actually, on the 16th. And I do not have, and maybe I'll just do a birthday stream. Come on and uh, have a little party with you guys online. And then they're going to have a real party on the 18th. So if anybody is here in the Manitoba zone and you are uh, wanting to see me, then we'll be doing that, having a little party. All right, my dears, I once again love you and look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. <laughs>